This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to the Every Step Along The Way podcast. Uh, The beginning of a new era is very much on us, so we'll get into that shortly. Uh, But firstly, uh, Dan, Andy, how have you both been? You been okay? Yeah, not been too bad. Obviously, start of a new era, as you mentioned, and I am excited for it. Good, I think there's uh, there's a lot of excitement going around, mate, so you're not the only one. Um, uh, Daniel, as you've put yourself on Teams, uh, (laughs) how are you, mate? That, that sort of tells you where I'm at. Danio, come on, Stoke. Yes. Well, new, new era, as Andy said. Let's go. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I love it. Positivity. We've been a bit down in the dumps in recent weeks. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll always take a bit of positivity. So, um, anyway, welcome back, boys. Yes, yeah, so I'll be honest with you. I've had a, a busy day. Uh, I've been out since 10 o'clock this morning. I've been to the Coronation Street tour in Manchester. Um, I've been a Coronation Street fan drilled onto me ever since I was a kid and I've actually not missed an episode since I was 12 I'm now 33 so you can do the math um so I've been down to see that and actually went to the Imperial War Museum as well so it's had a very busy day I've only been back home for about half an hour <laughs> so yeah um really good so I thought we'd get, get straight into it anyway so um in terms of kind of talking about the prior game um I mean Andy I'll come to you because obviously I know you were very much at, at the match. It was uh, not a bad result, was it? No, not bad at all. Obviously, back to winning ways. Well, we seem to like our winning at Blackburn anyway, but I think we found the main issue whilst Michael O'Neill was here was the five-pack that we've touched on a lot of times. And, <laughs> you know, even Fox played well, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, don't play Fox. But he was brilliant. Everyone played their part. No one looked out of place. And obviously, Lewis Baker was his normal self, scoring a tap-in from 25 yards out. <laughs> but brilliant playing. Um, you see the passion Liam DeLapp had at half-time as well. It, it's not a bad team on paper. It's not a bad team from what we saw when we played. And I thought, for example, Brereton Diaz, who I was worried about, who was in my gaffer team, would have been dangerous, but he was he was awful. Um Bradley Dack made his first league start since, I think, March 2021. I don't think he's going to start for Blackburn's team ever again. But, no, nah, we, we played brilliantly. Um, second half, we did go off the boil a little bit, but that's probably because the players haven't played high-intensity football for God knows how long. 
I mean, you, you mentioned Diaz, mate. Is it a case that maybe because there's been rumours about him leaving? There has been for a while, but um, do you think he's a bit, a bit like a lot of players when they're being linked to big, big teams? Do you think he's just taking his eye off the ball a little bit? Um, I mean, he's been playing on the left a little bit, though, hasn't he? Instead mm-hmm. of, I think, his natural position up front. I mean, it sounds a bit weird to me because if he was scoring goals for fun the other year, um, so it sounds a bit strange to move him. But um, do you think it's more of the case that he's just, his head's not at Blackburn anymore? It could be. It could quite possibly be that he wants that Premier League move and, you know, he's trying to get the club to move him on because they think he's not performing too great. But. I think when he plays for the Chilean national team, he plays as a left winger, and yeah. it's it's sort of an opposite to Tyrese. Tyrese's best football is happening on the right, whereas Brereton Diaz is happening more up front. And he's not a bad player by any regard. It's probably just this season he's he's not hit the ground running, and it's like one or two players we've got. It's just currently not going his way. But if you played him up front, it would have probably been more of a threat. He had one or two chances, but you know Connor Taylor yet again, what a player he is. <laughs> it's surprising a lot of people, I think, isn't it? It's surprising, it's surprising me and the fact that, I'll be honest, I've never really seen him play all that much. You hear about the good reviews he had, obviously, when he was out on loan. But again, for me, when I look at pre-season, he didn't really do anything yeah. great. But he, you can't, can't fault the lad. He's really settled in, hasn't he? He's making you eat, his wor- making you eat your words. But he said, oh, yeah, he can't get any headers. Well, oh, he, I wouldn't he quite put it that great, way. But he, he's not Mr. Well, he Mitty football, is he? Because he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, he hasn't missed a minute of football all season for a 20 year old lad yeah, I can see why we saw Forrester just you wait until him and Suter are at the back mate oh, Don't, I, I can't that's stop just... thinking about that now it's, it's dirty that that'll be the envy of the entire division mate that will um, we'll have we'll have a strike force that's capable of being the envy of any any team in the championship will have a defence in the same way So we can have a front three and a backup three which are all as good quality as each other it's, yeah. it's brilliant I said the other day, I'm gutted that we'll never see a back three of Nathan Collins, Harry Souter, and Connor Taylor. That's the three, only time I'd accept a back three, though. Three homegrown centre halves. Well, mate, who knows who's the next one to break through? Um, well, we'll soon see. But I mean, Dan, what's it? Well, we've got you, mate. So, uh, in terms of what are the main moments that kind of I've seen? different angles now, three or four times, was the penalty claim uh, for Blackburn. Uh, I, I When I first saw it, and it was actually the first time I saw it, it was on Andy's vlog, to be honest. Um, and for me, it looked clear as day as a penalty. I think Wilmot didn't get near the ball. He took the player's legs. I mean, I'll accept it because we've had a lot of goals disallowed wrongly this season. We deserve a bit of luck. But was it just me who thought that that was a penalty? He was outside the area. Are, you, are we thinking about the same one? Because the one I saw was inside the penalty area. I know there was one with Klukas and there was one where Wilmot did a tackle, but it it was it was nowhere near a penalty in my opinion. Oh wow! Yeah, I've seen. See, this is what I, mean, I like. He never about t- this. He, he he touched the player. He didn't touch the ball. If he touches yeah. the player, he doesn't touch the ball. For me, it's it, it's a penalty. He's there's, done there's, enough to knock him off. But again. It's opinions. Some strange I, I decisions was... in there, but this could yeah. possibly be our luck turning. With we've had crap refs all season. Maybe Blackburn just to need a bit of a nudge, saying, "Look, it's not just one team we're targeting. It'll be every team in the league will have at least one or two bad games of bad refs." But I've not really bothered looking back at it because I'm happy with the win. 
and, and Dan, a lot of people would say that, you know, we've been playing really poorly the last few weeks. And I think we'd all probably agree with that. But it, it was a completely different level of effort against Blackburn. Um, do, do you really think having a, a new manager in the stands really makes that much of a difference? Uh, possibly. It could possibly be the fact of um, everybody's place is up for grabs. So everyone's got to be putting it on the line. It could be that playing four at the back means that the two centre halves have got more work to do and there's more defensive. Like with three of them, the, the workload shared more. So maybe the, you do require more throwing yourself in front of shots, for, for example. Um, what I would say though is that the change in formation. Do you do you think that was Dean Holden, or do you think that was instruction from Alex Neal? I know you were going to say this. Me and my dad were discussing this. I think for me, it, it could have been Alex Neal. To be I fair, I reckon it was Alex Neal. I, I mean, not taking over, but if he's there to see the players, he's probably thinking, right, put try this formation out for me. It's not a massive variation to a four-four, you know, a four-three-three or whatever. Uh, let me just see what they're capable of doing. Um, maybe it was as simple as that because he spoke to him in the morning as well. Uh, I believe I think I think he did call him. So I mean, what's Michael the conversation going to be about? Michael yeah, Neil Michael spoke. did, but appar- apparently uh, Alex Neal had, had had a chat with us as well in the morning. I saw it in oh, one of the outlets. Now I, I can't remember. I'll have to find you the link. But I remember he apparently watching... did speak to him in the day. Aidan Flint's post-match interview, and he said, "Well, I hope he had a good performance, like he'd already, you know, linked yeah, he didn't that." Want to give already, away, did he? he? He said it, and you just saw it in his face. He goes, "Oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. I'll try and save it in some way." Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's a very good question, Dan. I, I would be surprised if he's had no input at all. Or asked, what's the point in him speaking to Holden? I mean, again, I think he did. I think he did, but yeah, it's strange in it how a, a team can. It's easy playing for a manager who's coming in and trying to prove yourself. It's when the uh, the honeymoon period's over, that's when those things are going to matter. And you know, and oh, sorry, Dan. I know. I was gonna, um, obviously, yeah, you've got Alex Alex Neal. If he has inputted in that, then that's promising because that shows that that's the way he's looking to go with the players available. And just interest, it would have interested me if we thought that it was Dean Holden as well, because then that would have sort of led me to believe that he wasn't fully behind the five. Yeah. At the back either. Whenever Holden's taken charge, he's changed Michael O'Neill's tactics so much to four-three-three. I remember against Hull, we were playing five-back for so long when Michael O'Neill had a COVID for two games, and he just went four-three-three. And Klukas, he looked all right against Blackburn, but. Players who aren't in favour, when they play that 4-3-3, they know, I've I've got my chance, I can actually show what I can do here. Yeah. And regardless of who chose that team, you've got to give so much credit to Dean Holden. And he he has just conducted himself like a proper professional. Um, and I know I've seen some people giving stick. Oh, why? Why are we treating him like this? We should keep him. He's an assistant manager. He doesn't want to be a a third string or fourth string. You know, just random coach. You know, he, I think he wants to be either a full time manager or, or an assistant. So there was never going to be any room when Neil brings his, his own man in. So I think that's a non-starter conversation. But mm-hmm. yeah, for for me, he has just conducted himself brilliantly at all times when Michael couldn't, you know, couldn't manage and stuff like that. He's never, ever kicked up a stink and he's great in interviews. He's uh, he, he's, he's just a nice guy. I think that, that's what we're getting at, isn't he? he? He's he's a really nice guy. Obviously, 
last game, the last game of last season, Mike, we were there and we, you obviously, you could, you could go up to him and talk to him and just have a normal conversation. He made so much time for the fans and, you know, I, I do wish him success, like with anyone who's been at the club pretty much, I wish him success in his future career, but I hope to see him down at Stoke, you know, one or two times, just enjoying himself as, as a normal person as anyone would want to do. Maybe we'll be back as a manager, mate. Never know. If Alex Neal doesn't work out, I feel like that could be a real possibility. Mm, we'll see. We'll see where he we're goes We're not next. going on about Alex Neal going yet. He's not been here a day yet. Mate, he's going to be here for the next 10 years. He's going to get you know promotions. He's going to win us the FA Cup, League Cup. <laughs> Tell you now, he's taking Europe, us to the so. Champions League. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Get on. back on subject, you pair. Going off, we, we've got You're Alex Neal chat later on. So, I would just like to say, Morgan Fox, Aidan Flint. Well done. I thought them two were absolutely terrific on Saturday. Uh, considering they both had a lot of boo boys, a lot of haters, including possibly this podcast at times, especially Morgan Fox lately, I uh, thought they did very well. And you know what it was? We defended well. Then last 70 minutes, we controlled the game, didn't we? And then the last 20, it sort of flipped and we were hanging on. I think we had a few tired legs out there. Maybe the the adrenaline of what had gone on the last few days was, was sort of, you know, the, the emotional rollercoaster they'd all been on with the manager leaving. The last 20 minutes, they were hanging on. But that's when they threw themselves in and they were strong. And, and Aidan Flint was winning every header. Fox was doing really well at left-back. And I think those two showed that maybe there is a place for them in this squad this season, especially playing this formation. The, the yeah. one thing I can add to that, Dan, is the only reason we gave them stick, for example, with Morgan Fox, is he was playing as wing-back or left-sided centre-back. He's neither of them two. He is a left-back. And when he plays left-back, he's all right. Yeah, no, fair enough. But yeah, you've got you've got to give you've got to give them both credit. I mean, again, Fox surprised me. It really did. There was that tackle. I can't remember what point of the game it was now, but there was that. It was a goal-saving tackle, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, where he slid in last minute. I mean, again, I don't think uh, a Fox playing left wing back or you know low on confidence would have done that. He's clearly thought right. This is my chance. He plays with like a. There's a four-two-three-one uh, type formation a lot. You know, if if that's the way it's going, he knows that it's now him versus Timon. It could link to Timon playing further forward, considering Gale played left winger. Do you know what I think Aidan Flint might be? Go on. In the future, he might be the twenty-minute man. Come back the bench for last twenty. So think seventy minutes into the game, you one nil up. What do you do? The other team are bombarding you now. They've got to hold on. They're going to be throwing balls in the box from everywhere. Who do you say? Who do you want to step off the bench last 20 minutes? Head everything away. Have Aidan Flint on a tail and Harry Suter in defence. However, think of it this way, right? 20 minutes to go, you're 1-0 down. You haven't got a big, massive, massive physical presence up front. What you do have is Aidan Flint, who has a very good career record at scoring goals. And can go and cause some problems. Do you send him up front for the last 20 minutes if you want nil down? I can't disagree with you there, Danny. He did try a diving header against Blackburn, <laughs> to be fair, which was, it's one of them, you know, 
DiMaggio's tried one when he's like two foot tall anyway. And then Aiden Flint's tried one when he's like six foot four. So it, yeah, cool. it, he's, he's a brilliant player at Flint. He's impressing me so far. And one thing I wanted to ask you boys on before we kind of move on a little bit. Um, Jack Bonham, what, what did you think of Jack? He, he didn't seem to have an awful lot to do, but he seemed to command his box. He had that one chance to, to get his arm to. Um, he's done himself no harm again, has he? It's experience into over Bursic and he knew what he was doing. He commanded his players about and he made one or two really good games saving, you know, holding on to the game, making sure that we hold on to the one nil. He's he was good with his feet. He didn't seem to panic as much as Bursic and I think Bonham's worked on playing out, you know, with his feet. So he could be our future number one. And if obviously if, if Alex Neal's seen that and he's no doubt he's if he hasn't already, he'll be no doubt speaking to um obviously the team in a lot more detail, asking for all the analytics on the different players and uh, he'll be asking for feedback on all the different players because he will don't worry, managers these days, they do their own work, don't they? They know what player is at what club. You know, they'll have the analytics off our our uh, data science team. You know, he'll have all the information, but he will probably have heard that, you know, Bursic hasn't been having a great time and he goes there, first game he's seen, and all of a sudden Jack Bonham's commanding his box and doing everything right. So we'll get on to teams later, but I would be surprised to see him drop now until he starts making mistakes. It's about time we had a settled number one, let's be honest. Um, anyway, so uh, let's move on a little bit. So uh, the team from the Rovers chat again. So thanks, guys, for, for the previous audio. But uh, they've given their thoughts on our win. It's nice to say that, our win uh, from the other day. So uh, let's have a quick listen to see what they had to say. There's not much I can say about the, the Blackburn Rovers game, really, against Stoke. Apart from the fact that if we were given another 90 minutes, we, we wouldn't have scored a goal. I think that the first half, you know, you look at all the stats and stuff like that, 70% possession, but you wouldn't think we, we had 70% possession. We played awful. Um, there was no, no clinical striker. I know Diaz were playing and stuff like that, and, you know... You think to yourself, when Diaz is playing, you're guaranteed a few goals from the man. But he just he just didn't look up for it. He, he looks very looks very bored in that team. It looks like he's ready to leave, you know. And there's Tyree Stallings playing out of role, and it's not preferable for him. You know, as soon as we brought on some of the youngsters in the second half with Adam, Adam Wharton, and then also we brought on Marion Edges, I mean, they were our best player all game. They only had 45 minutes. And it really, it really tells you a lot about the game. It tells you that there wasn't enough desire. There wasn't enough. There wasn't any passion on the pitch. You know, I think we got too comfortable with the start of our season with three wins on the bounce, and then all of a sudden, you know, oh well, now now we've won three wins. It's fine, you know. Now we've lost three on the bounce. It's just, it's not acceptable. Nothing about the game screamed that we're we're playoff or promotion worthy this year. You know, we need a massive change. We need some signings in. But overall, the game, I think, major improvements from JDT. I think, you know, I'm not going to slack him. I don't think anyone can slack him right now. What he's done's amazing. I don't think we'd be in the position right now. If it weren't for JDT, we probably would have lost five out of the six first games. But there's much more to come from this team. And I think that, I mean, it's a manager, managerless stalk, really. And... We should be beating them no matter what. 
So, you know, I'm sure Alex Neal's in the crowd. He was there in the crowd. He's, he's going to be happy. But overall, disappointing. Disappointing result. Disappointing performance. I think the only way from here is up and on. Lovely. Thank you very much indeed, boys. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like um, starting to go a little bit sour up your place with kind of three losses back to back. So, uh, yeah, lacking a bit of cutting edge, which is not what you'd expect from some of the players in that team, to be honest. But, um, I mean, I know they're kind of disappointed by the overall performance and result and he doesn't think they're going to be challenging for playoffs. I think it's still a bit early. I think you can still get yourselves out of that. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of teams that are in places where they shouldn't be. So, uh, keep your keep your heads up anyway. Um, I'm sure we'll be seeing you uh, again very soon. So, um, man of the match polls. Dan was very very busy. Uh, we've had a few hundred uh, results uh, as well on that front. So, um, some interesting results as well, uh, and a very interesting appearance, uh, which we've just briefly discussed. But um, kind of coming out on top, Aidan Flint had 52%, which very much reflects what Dan's just said. Uh, Lewis Baker, 19%. And I never thought this guy would be on Man of the Match for top three. Morgan Fox has 4%. It's good to see his name there, actually. So, yeah, he's uh, he's in the top three. And a very honourable mention, I will add, to Dean Holden, who got 3%. Um, so, yeah, again, like I said earlier, conducted himself brilliantly. Um, and those guys are the ones in the top three. So, um, I don't know if you've got to hand uh, at all, have you, Dan, about where we are for... Um, who's kind of leading the, the table just yet. I might be putting you on the spot here, mate. Uh, I was looking at it earlier on, and I've actually written in my notes here, after I, after putting the Flint Baker, Fox slash Taylor, uh, that after the Swansea, we will have a table update and reveal August Player of the Month. Brilliant. Lovely. Thank you very much. So, yeah, we'll look forward to that. Um, I think that pretty much does it for, for the Blackburn game, to be honest. Um, so uh, what we want to talk about now, and I'll let Dan, you, you can take over this uh, little topic, mate. So you want to talk about um, a certain Alex Neal? Yes. So, uh, yeah, so basically, obviously, we've got a new manager. He's come from Sunderland. Um, and just sort of looking into, looking into you know, the change in what we're going to do. You know, he, he's obviously, he's, got, he's had a lot of experience for what he is. He's a young manager, but with a lot of experience. Which is interesting because I think he's he forty one. I believe. Forty one. Yeah, he's yeah. forty one. Do you know? And he's he's obviously he's already been at Preston. He's been at Norwich. He's been at Sunderland. Instantly, he got Norwich and Sunderland promoted within months of being there. So he seems to be a manager who can just turn up and like everything just clicks into place for him. You're telling me Project Nottingham Forest is on. Well, that that is the. <laughs> he got um, Hamilton promoted to the Premier League as well, he didn't he? Back in the day. Yeah, 2012, 2013 is when he started there as a player manager. Bloody hell. Okay. So he knows his way around a playoff final, which might come in handy later on. So what what I've been asking you guys to have a think about is who do you think three players, basically three ups and three downs. So three players who are going to benefit from him coming in, or possibly could, and three who may be a bit wary, who may not be, may may not be a positive move for their Stoke careers. So I mean, I've already mentioned Bursic. I think you know he's not he's not doing great at the minute. So I think he might struggle to get back in. Um, I think uh, actually, let me let me just start off with a few positives. I, I was struggling on the negatives to be honest, but um, so yeah, I think I think um, Thompson and Baker, I'd say those are probably going to benefit the most. 
Um, main reasons for me being that, again, the formation, the kind of 4-2-3-1 uh, type formation, I think that's going to work really well. Thompson, for me, is a good midfielder, and I, I really do think he could do really well. So I think those two will benefit. Um, and I'm going to add the guy that I said in just, Morgan Fox. I think he really could benefit from this because if Tymon doesn't quite fit into that left-back position, that's going to open a door up for him. And somebody you know we've written off could very well end up being one of the main men at left back, which I never ever thought I'd say that. Um, <laughs> but he's he's good, still got to go a long way to get rid of Timon because, again, I know you said about you know Timon being attacking Andy and, and moving his way forward. I think for me, if if Timon doesn't play left back or whatever variation you want to look at, I don't see there's a place for him further forward because we've got a lot of attacking talent there. So I'd say Timon's the one who needs to be careful, and Bursic is the one to be careful. I can't particularly think of another one who needs to be careful off the top of my head, if I'm honest, but those two, let, I think... Let, let's chuck Frank Fielding in there. Well, it, 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 yeah, he, he's not, he might as well not exist at this club, mate, to be honest. But, he might be given uh, yeah. a chance in the Cups. You never know now. But then surely Bursic, if, if he's not playing, that's why it's always worked, isn't it? Yeah. Whoever's number one comes in the other one. So I think he's just another um, Lee Grant. He's just there if, he, if he's needed. Yeah. Okay, so so which three players have you gone for there? So Thompson, Baker, um, are the positives as well as Fox, and then the people who need to be careful are Timon and Bursic. I can't think of a third one. I str- I did struggle with the negatives because um, everyone's got a, you, know, a, a clean slate, haven't they? Yeah. What about yourself, Andy? Who have you, who have you gone for, mate? Uh, I feel like Thompson is a very good positive because he can play, you know, defensive midfielder or attacking midfielder. Um, I I can't disagree with Fox at all. I feel like if he's played in his proper position with the tactics that were used against Blackburn, he could he could flourish. And then one which might be a shock is Sam Klukas. Reason being, he played four three three when Michael O'Neill first came here, and he was. One of the best players we had. He got double-figure goals, didn't he? Top scorer for that year. And he could hopefully refine that form. Okay. For the negatives, it's tough yet again. Um, I, I can't disagree with Bursic and time in one bit. I feel like Bursic, obviously, yes, he is potentially the future of Stoke for goalkeeping, but maybe just not yet. Um, Josh Timon, you know, if he if he isn't going to be played left back, will he get played further forward with the attacking quality we've got? Probably not. And then my third one. It's really tough for the third one, but maybe a DiMaggio. Reason being is if he likes to stick to keeping the same players in the team, DiMaggio could easily be left out. And it apparently Alex Neal likes to change his system around. Maybe he goes to two strikers and plays. You know, I can't I can't think of formation other than four four two at the moment. That isn't a five back for two strikers. But I feel like Demarjo, if we aren't playing wingers, could struggle to get game time. Maybe he's alone to try and find his place, yeah. doesn't he? Because I think it, for me, I don't know his best. Don't know his best position. I think he's a player that needs a free role. And how many teams can give him a free role? I think send him out on loan, at least till January. Send him out on loan till January. Get him to Joey Barton. Joey Barton. Yeah, chuck him to Joey. 
and see see what he can become. So run us through your plays again, Andy. Who did you go for? For the positives. Yeah. Uh, Thompson, Klukas and Fox. In your negatives. Simon, Bursic and Dimaggio. Okay. Well, do you want to hear who I've got? Go on then. I've got Tom Edwards. I think he'd been frozen out by O'Neill. He'd obviously had some sort of falling out. Rumours had it that he'd sort of been discarded. You have to feel maybe that he will want to come back and get another chance. I think he's still got two, two and a half years on his um, on his contract. Something Signed like a very that. long-term deal, like a five-year contract, didn't he? And then yeah. it was a bit like Bojan. He signed he signed a long-term contract, then he was just disc, uh, casting off, didn't he, with that a few weeks later? Yeah. Uh, so I think it gives him an opportunity to resurrect his Stoke career. And the same, I'm not saying this will happen, but it's the only way it possibly could do. Peter Etebo. Mike doesn't want him anywhere near this team. No. I need, neither do I. Mercenary. Neither do I. However, rumour has it, he is keen to stay. Now the manager's gone. Yeah, so, until next week when he decides he doesn't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Is, that, is he keen because nobody's interested in him? It could potentially be, but if you think of the midfield options at that point, Atibo is a good player. It's Would you just his attitude. Like midfield of Atibo, Baker, and Lauren. Atibo, Baker, and Powell works. Like you've got four players there, you can easily rotate. Thompson as well. Oh God! Don't don't start doing this <laughs> to me now, Dan. <laughs> right, the third the third person I think it may benefit is Tyrese Campbell. Okay. I think. Although he's coming off the bench a lot, he's not started a game since the opening day. He didn't really get much action in the second half of last season, although he wasn't really on top form, was he? And I think the change in formation gives him more avenues into the, into the side, gives him more opportunities to play in places that he often contributes more to the game from as well, on yeah. the, the right-hand side. And I think a new manager... Just maybe everyone starts. Say everyone starts level, and if he's starting on a level with the other strikers, I think he's probably just as good as a lot of them, and may find himself with more game time than he's currently been getting. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, the negatives, I think Josh Timon. I think again, without a wing back formation, you still you maybe is he going to struggle to get a place in the side? Is he good enough defensively to be a left back? Is he going to get himself in front of a Jacob Brown or a Dwight Gale on the left-hand side of a three? It's a tough one with him, isn't it? Is he going to get into a midfield? You know, can he play in the midfield three? Where is he then? Is he going to get me past? Is he going to get past Baker, uh, Lauren, uh, Powell, Thompson, Klukas, Atibo? <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? It is. So he may be the loser in this. Um, another one who I think maybe lose it is Harry Clark he's, oh, purely he's because he's injured right now. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay. I was going to say we haven't exactly rich at that in that position right now. Um, As okay. in, like you. Know, by the time he comes back, the new manager will have already. You know, he'll have Ben Wilmot would have played a few games there, and 
it all would have changed. He's naturally a centre half as well, and he's got his, he's only got two centre halves there, not three. He's not a natural right back, is it? Do you know so I think he may struggle, and obviously with the loanies as well, it might be that he gets his loan cut short to try and free up a loan spot to bring somebody else in. So can I ask you a quick question? That leads on very nicely then to to what I was going to ask you anyway. So not saying we've kept anything back from O'Neill, but it, do you think he's going to have much money, Alex? This is there's too many Neils in the end of this. Do you think Michael O'Neill has had funds restricted because the club weren't overly um, confident in, in him going forward? Which is probably a big statement to make, but I, I don't think it's the case personally. But do you think it could be that, or do you think that you know will Alex Neil have any money to spend um, when he comes in? I don't think he will have money to spend, not right now. I wonder whether they've told him to do what he can this season with the squad he's got, and then maybe next summer he's going to have money to spend regardless of whether we are promoted or not. Obviously, the promotion is a long way away, but you know it has been done. I'm not saying that we should be expecting it, but it has been done. Um, and obviously, he has. If, if we finish mid-table... Then he's had this this season to see out the FFP nightmare. Hopefully, the accounts look to be in a better position going forward. And then, obviously, from there, he may be able to mould the squad into more what he wants. So maybe he's got like a bit of a free pass for twelve months. Well, I was going to say. So this this, this is just it. Is he coming in with the fans anticipating that he's going to turn? the club around and make as a promotion contender this year or is he going to get a free pass like you've just said I don't think, I think he'll get board, quite a free pass but the board will give him a free pass I don't think the, the fans will give him a free pass <laughs> do we ever give a manager a free pass mate? no if, if he loses against Swansea it'll be right manager out um, I wanted him anyway yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah I'll well we want a manager who's had three promotions out of four yeah I'll be honest when, when I heard his name mentioned I was a bit like meh what yeah, yeah but, it's one of them, but then you look back at what's happened with him. Yeah, I see all the things that Sunderland have done. Uh, and the, the reaction of the Sunderland supporters says a lot. It says an awful lot. Yeah. That they are so upset, really, isn't it? I suppose is the word. They're so, you know, emotional about him leaving. And it's not even so much, it wasn't even so much anger at the time, it was it is anger towards the board. Like that they've let him go. How can you let this happen? How can you let the man walk away from our club? Um, and I'd say that says it says an awful lot about how highly regarded he is there. And that's a massive club in Sunderland. So yeah, I'll be um, I'm more than willing to I'd say get behind him, give him every opportunity that I give Michael O'Neill and the managers before him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, and it, so go on, Dan. My third negative, by the way, is Tariq Fossu. All right, okay. Why? As as a left-footed winger playing currently playing right back, <laughs> I think he's a uh, yeah. He again may be another one who returns up returning to his club. He may look and think, "I've got enough left wingers, thank you." You can, can play attacking midfield, Dan. Position. You can play attacking midfield. Yeah, I was going to say he's a utility player. Yeah, I got Brady into. He, I just think he may decide if he wants the lone players 
maybe ones he can easily get out the door to bring in his own players at this stage. Right. I certainly think that the last few days, um, I certainly think the last few days of the transfer window could be very busy for us and very interesting indeed. Yeah, it could It quite possibly be. He could have already seen some of the players that aren't playing and gone, I don't want you, don't want you, don't want you. And he might use them in swap deals, might he? Mm, well, let's uh, let's keep an eye on it. Um, any other comments on the, the new manager before we move on? Not really. I just hope that no. his tenure here is great. Really? Okay, fine. So uh, let's look ahead then to Swansea on Wednesday. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay then, so Swansea on Wednesday. Uh, um, is everybody going to this one before we get into anything? Cool. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, who's going to miss this one? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, a game under the floodlights is never a bad one, but when you've got a new manager, I just hope the bloody fans fill the stadium. The last um, time this... we played Swansea under the floodlights, you've got to mention as well. One. Three nil. Oh, I'll let you do it. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, which is yeah. funny enough. Um is... my score prediction for Wednesday. Oh, just because it's happened so much in the past. Is Sam Clucas also on your predicted score is? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we could jump in ahead, you um and yeah, so uh, the place we always love to start with this um, is, of course, the stats. Now, Andy, you started first last week, which um, is, well, not allowed again this week. So, Dan, you have first dibs at the stats for this week. Thank you very much, Mike. The floor is all mine. Wow. <laughs> I don't like so, how he's starting this. I'm going to have nothing to say, am I? So, Lewis Baker has now scored 10 goals in 28 games for Stoke. Um so, yeah, so most strikers are happy to come come to Stoke and get that kind of strike ratio, aren't they? Mm. One in every 2.8 games. I mean, what's that over the course of a season? About 16, 17 goals? Yeah. We'll wow. take that. He yeah. doesn't score normal goals. He only scores 25 yards off from the penalty spot. <laughs> yeah. There's no in-between. Um, as for Swansea, we have been in the same division as Swansea for 11 straight years. Uh, longer than any other side. The next longest um, is currently four years, which are obviously all the clubs who've been in the championship since we got uh, relegated. Uh, in that time, we have played them 11 times at home. So obviously this is the 12th season, by the way. Uh, we've played them 11 times at home. We've won eight, drew two, and lost once at home in that time. Uh, scoring in every game, uh, we scored 21 goals and conceded eight in those 11 so we've got a really good home record against Swansea. 
They've got quite a decent away record as well, but yeah, really good home record. Uh, our biggest win last season was indeed the 3 0 home win against Swansea. Um, yes, so we are currently 17th in the league. This At this point last season, after six games, we were in fourth. So yeah, we're a bit of a drop. Um, we've got seven points. This point last season, we had 13. Uh, so we're six points worse off. And this is there's only twice in the last nine seasons at this level have we had less points than seven after six games. So it's not been a great start for us in terms of our championship um, recent record. Uh, obviously, those two these two seasons were Gary Rowett's start to the season and Nathan Jones's start to the season. By the way. Okay. And if you do the fixtures that we've played compared to the same games we played last season, uh, we have seven points, which is what, obviously, we have seven points this season. It's one more than we got from the corresponding fixtures last season. But same as last week, uh, we are going into a game we won last year. So anything but a win means we go behind in that stat for the first point this season. Um. Yes, I mean, I can give you some referee stats or would you want me to save them for later? Uh, we'll save them for later. We'll come back to that. No problem. Um, and Dan drops the mic and walks out the room. <laughs> well done, mate. Not, not bad, Dan. Not bad. <laughs> not bad. Come on, Andy, what can you I do? I will um, add to Dan's fact about the points really quick. I remember last week that you said nothing but a win would suffice with us obviously staying ahead as comparative to last season. It was also the same result at the same fixture. Is another quick thing, another 1-0. But, yeah, I've got a bit more than last week. I've managed to find one or two things. So, um, match stats, we are normally lower on the possession. We only have 41.37% on average. Um, we're also downwards on the passes, so we normally only play 243.11, whereas they play 439.25 passes per game. Um, not too many yellow cards, 2.92 per game. Shots per game on average is 20.38 with 7.53 on target. And your corners per game on average is 9.49. Our highest win uh, was a 5-0, which happened on four separate occasions uh, on the 6th of October in 1928, on the 1st of November 1930, uh, on the 28th of December 1953 and the 14th of April 1956, which was all in the old League Division 2. And our highest defeat was a 6-3, which happened in uh, in 1926 on the 30th of January in the FA Cup. A 4-1... <laughs> sorry, 1926. I was like, yeah. you've really gone back here. Carry a on, sorry. A 4-1 defeat on the 12th of January 1935, again in the FA Cup. And the same happened in the old League Division 2 on the 19th of April 1958. And more recently, a 3-0 loss on the 6th of March 1982 League Division 1. Now, on to the insight facts. <laughs> Bloody hell, go on. Um, Stoke have won seven of their last ten league matches against Swansea, as we know. Um, completing a league double over the Swansea last season by an aggregate score of 6-1, which is very, very positive. Swansea have lost five of their last six league away, league away games. Uh, against Stoke uh, and haven't kept a league clean sheet here since March 1962, conceding 18 straight such games since then. Um, we lost, obviously, 1-0 in our last home league game against Sunderland uh, and 16 of our last 17 home league defeats have come by one goal, which is 
a very depressing start. Um, final two, Swansea have won six of their last eight league matches on a Wednesday, winning each of their last three in a row. And the final fact is former Swansea and current Stoke City midfielder Sam Klukas has scored in his last three league starts against Swansea for Stoke, ending on the winning side in six league games against Swansea, his most in the top 40 years of English football. And I can do the mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, mate, there's copycats out there, but there certainly ain't any as good as you two on them stats. Well done. <laughs> good, good job, boys. <laughs> um, right. OK, well... Um, we'll let you have a breather while we listen from Luke from the Swanscast, who's given his thoughts ahead of Wednesday. Hello, Every Step Along the Way podcast. Thanks for having me on. I'm Luke from Swanscast. I do quite a similar thing to you. I run a podcast on YouTube and Spotify, so you can check us out. Just type in Swanscast. You should be able to find us. Okay, so going into the game midweek, I think we're not really in the best of form right now. Um, what to expect from our style of play is pretty much the same as what I'm guessing lots of you expect at this moment in time from Swansea, passing the ball, keeping the ball, trying not to let you guys have it, but ultimately we're not doing the most with it ourselves at the moment. So in a lot of cases, the other teams use that to their advantage, the clinical, direct, they come at us when they have the opportunities on transition and that's where we're vulnerable. So keeping the ball is our game, but ultimately we're struggling to actually create chances. We do operate a wing-back system and probably we need to sign players in that area and that could be one of our big concerns with creation as we didn't really replace Christie and Wolf from last season so that's kind of where we are struggling right now. Having said that, keep players to watch out for so there's always Joel Perot so whether he'll be with us or not by Wednesday I'm not quite sure. He's definitely the name that could leave before the end of the transfer window so we'll have to wait and see on that one but if he is here he got his first goal of the season, a penalty in the last game against Millsborough and hopefully he can kick on from there and start bagging some more goals like he did last season. He's still probably our best player and our main threat going forward, we just need to get him in the game more. I've already mentioned we've had a poor start of the season, we have really been struggling, the fans have started turning on the manager, on the way we play, they're not happy, you know, happy with what we're seeing. But also with the amount of investment from higher higher than the manager, you know, it doesn't seem to be coming. The squad is not stronger than last year. It seems weaker, if anything, and we're quite thin in terms of depth. So we really need to do win a game and kickstart our season soon, or it could get really sour for us. Now I know you guys may be in a similar boat, and your manager has just been uh, let go, and it'll be interesting to see who you end up getting in as a replacement. Um, it was, I mean, you got a win against Blackburn last time out which I guess is quite impressive after the manager's been let go but maybe that's a sign of things to come and it was something that needed to happen for you you guys always seem a bit of a bogey team for Swansea so I'm not expecting much from us from this game I'm not sure what it is but we always seem to struggle against you and especially if Sam Klukas plays that really winds the Swans fans up so if he gets a goal I'm sure that he will be loving it as much as he does every single time I think you've got enough quality in the squad to start sort of heading up the right way up the table. I'm surprised how you haven't really had a proper push again back to the Premier League since you got relegated, but it seems consistent. Um, underachieving seasons, but maybe you can get there now with a new manager and see what happens for the rest of the year. Prediction for the match then, I'm going to say I think the Swans are just going to lose again, to be honest. We're, not re- we're really not in a good place right now, and I can't see where we're going to get the goals, especially away from home. Confidence seems low, we can't seem to create and I've been backing us a lot and it's like never coming in so maybe if I don't back us this time we'll get a good result but I'm going to say a 2-1 win for Stoke City. But good luck for the game and good luck for the rest of the season 
and hope you start progressing in the right direction. Luke, thank you very much indeed, mate. So, yeah, basically plays a lot of possession, uh, but ultimately they're, they're really, really struggling to create chances and uh, haven't obviously replaced people from last season. I, mean, I seem to remember them being a nothing special last year either, to be honest. So um, it's not very good if they haven't replaced the, the quality they had last year as, as it is. And, you know, sounds like a club that's close to turn on the manager as well if it carries on for much longer so um i thought it was quite interesting you mentioned about sam Lucas. it's it's always the comment that's going to keep coming up and yeah i'm sure sam in fact i'm, I'm pretty confident sam's going to come back and and haunt you as well and i'm glad you predicted a loss um i don't quite get the reverse psychology we've tried that a thousand times and it doesn't mean the team goes and wins because we think they'll lose or else we would have won the promotion last year so yeah, it doesn't quite work. But no, thank you, uh, Luke. Much appreciated, mate. We'll, we'll catch up um, after the match with you as well. Um, and speaking of uh, predictions, a certain Mr. Graham McGarry has been back in touch again. Uh, I think he went for a loss versus Blackburn. I think a 1-0 loss, Dan, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I believe it was, but that's before the news broke out. Yeah, so we can, we can forgive him for that. So let's see, uh, obviously, what he's gone for this week as well. Hi there, you Potters predictors. It's the start of a new era as your new manager, Alex Neal, takes charge of his first game when you take on Swansea City. Well, he watched a fine result at the weekend, didn't he, at Blackburn Rovers, where you came back from Ewood Park with three points and possibly things are looking up. Well, Swansea City have definitely got to start looking up because they're in the bottom three of the Championship and they have had a poor start to the season and Stoke have to make that count when they come up against the Welshman on Wednesday night. I'm pretty sure that the Bet365 is going to be rocking. They're going to be right behind the new manager, they're going to be right behind the team that he picks and fingers crossed you're going to get that result that's going to lift your season back to back wins in the Championship really do make things happen and you can go into the next weekend's game full of confidence. So my tip is get on the potters, get your money on them, get back in them, support them. Stoke 3, Swansea 1. Well, Graham, uh, a bit of a battle cry there, mate. A 3-1 win and he said with, I must admit, he said with a lot of vigour, I, I, I might add. So uh, he's almost like Churchill, Boris Johnson-esque, <laughs> that was. <laughs> Stand we go on, on the, the beaches. Yeah, he's uh, he's gone for a 3-1 win. Um, again, he's he's feeling the goals, mate. I think we all are by the looks of this. So that's not going to end up in, in a bad way, isn't it? Um, but yeah, either way, Graham, always good to hear from you, mate. Um, about time you got yourself back on track. And speaking of the final set of predictions, uh, I'm going to come to you first, Dan. Uh, I want to know your team and score prediction, please, mate. And I'd like to hear your goal scorers if you've gone for some goals. I have indeed. So, um, I've gone for the same goalkeeper in defence as Saturday. So, Bonham and Goal, Wilmot, Flint, Taylor Fox. Uh, the same midfield as Saturday, Thompson, Baker, Klukas. Uh, Brown on the left, Delap up front and Tyrese Campbell on the right wing. Purely because I think he's more suited to playing at home on that right-hand side. Uh, Dwight Gale did a really good job, actually. I thought, but yeah, even he's not a winger. He's not a winger. He's thirty-two. Um, we've got another game of the weekend as well, so there's no, you know, we've got enough strikers to sort of rotate them. And he's, he has a tired hamstring as well, hasn't he? So, yeah. and I think if we are sort of you know wanting to go on the last twenty minutes, there's no better player in the division to send on, is there? Really, than Dwight Gale 
He's no. bound to stay onside for a goal one time. Forward, <laughs> Are we out. sure though? I think a good a good thing to put down is you know Dwight Gale's going to have ten disallowed goals this season. <laughs> so I am going to go with that. I think that we're going to have to watch Joel Perot. Obviously, he plays. He's been playing sort of the right of a three, so that's sort of Morgan Fox, Connor Taylor. Um, and kind of probably be the ones who are going to have to just keep an eye on him. He's the main threat for me if he's still there. I know the Swansea audio just mentioned that, didn't he? Saying, you know, they're expecting him maybe to leave before the transfer window slams shut, um, which is only the day after the game. So it could well be that he's not there. Um, fingers crossed for us because I think that'd be positive for us. Um, one thing I will say Joe Allen, he obviously back at Swansea, he got injured in pre season. Um, but he started their last three games. Yeah, he had a thigh niggle. Yeah, so he, he eased him back in a few sub appearances, um, but he's yet to win a game for them yet since he's come back. Yet to play in any win. They've only had one win and he didn't play. Um, so, what I will say, this season they've played seven games, Swansea. Do you know they've had 60 plus percent possession in every game this season? You're they've had a lot. Yeah, they, they, yeah, like I said, they really like to keep hold of possession, but they're not wow. converting them, are they? So, yeah, so they've had 60-plus percent possession in every game this season and 70%-plus in three games. Mm. So, I think... Do you know what? I think this is the perfect game for Alex Neal to come into. I think he's got... He, he, he likes to play... Like sort of counter-attacking football, from what we gather, he likes to play with pace and get forward quickly. He doesn't mess up, you know. He doesn't. There's no slow build-up on that. He wants to sort of get forward, get looking positive, looking get forward quickly. Whether that's whether that's numerous short passes forward or playing it long when we can. And you think that Swansea are going to keep the ball, they're going to keep the ball, they're going to come on, they're going to pass it around, we'll stay solid, we'll get the ball, and then bang, we'll hit him on the break. I think this is the perfect game for him to start his state managerial reign. Yeah, OK, yeah. Which, again, is another reason why Tyrese could do really well out of this match. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. I've been looking as well. 4-3-3. Do you know, they've played seven games this season, Swansea, played against six different formations. So, what? Yeah. So Rotherham on the opening day played a 3 1 4 2, and it was a draw. Blackburn beat them 3 0 with a 4 2 3 1. Oxford beat them in the cup playing 4 3 3. They beat Blackpool, who were playing 4 5 1. They lost to Luton Drew with Millwall, who were both playing 3 4 3. And then they lost to Middlesbrough at the weekend, who were playing 3 5 2. <laughs> So what we can say from that is that League One Oxford knocked them out of the cup playing 4-3-3. So that's good for us. We'll take that. That's, that's all you need to know. <laughs> that's all you need to know from that. Um, but yeah, so I think it's difficult to do that because there's not really been any patterns from that because it's such a scattergun of, of different styles and different formations they've played against, isn't it? And I, I bet it must be very difficult for them to prepare for Wednesday. They won't have a clue what's coming, really, will they? No. No, not at all. And like you say, you don't even even in a four three three. Does it become a four two three one where one of your midfielders, Klukas, probably gets pushed 
further forward to support the attack. They don't know that. They've got no idea, like say, how to prepare. All they do know is that Sam Quickus is going to score at some point on Wednesday night. <laughs> Someone's got to take him out within the first couple of minutes, or else he is any. Um, right, enough, probably, should... The ball will probably bounce off his shin, go over the keeper and in. <laughs> probably, mate. If there's a penalty, you know who's going to take it, don't you? Mind you, only yeah. if we're winning a couple of goals. Up, but uh, yeah, Baker's not going to give that up, is he? No. Even though he did miss the last one, he did. Me yeah. and Mike were there for that. I'm gonna go with three nil victory, um, and I think goal first out goals for Delap and substitute Gale, and first of the season for Tyrese Campbell. Okay, I'll keep mine really brief. So my team is the same as Blackburn, um, which is basically what you were saying, bar Tyrese. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the the winning team. I don't think he's gonna have enough time to have assessed his team to to really drop anyone I think it'd be harsh so um, unless there's any kind of niggling injuries same team uh, we've got the same scoreline Dan I think I mentioned that earlier so 3-0 win uh, I'm going for Liam Delap to get his first goal for the club uh, Jacob Brown will uh, t- no, basically c- contribute the second and just to rub salt into the wound Sam Klukas will get the third um, Andy how are we looking for you mate? Same team against Blackburn you can't you can't really change it can you the only change I do have is I have Fosu coming in at left wing. So you can't Playing. really change it, but you can change it with Fosu. <laughs> well, it's Gale isn't a out-and-out winger, and I feel like with Fosu obviously being a out-and-out left winger mainly, he, he would suit it. We don't really have a left winger other than DiMaggio, but I feel like DiMaggio is more of an impact player than anyone. Um, yeah, it's the same team. I've gone for a 2-0 win, so not as high up as you. But I feel like Delap's going to get his first goal and Klukas is going to score to um, make another iconic celebration against Swansea. Length of the pitch if it's in the booth and end, no doubt. Um, fine. And Dan, do you have a prediction table update? I'm, try- I'm trying to remember our uh, predictions for last week. I've got a feeling that I went for a loss, potentially. I think I said um, 2-1. Yeah, Andy was the only one who went for a Stoke win. So he got two points. Which so you should put him, faith in me. Takes him on to 11. He's, he's at the top of the league anyway, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, perfect. Okay. I'm doing no a Man City over um, Now, I know we're doing Gaffer and Super 6 um, next on the next pod. On Friday's pod is typically when we do them. So, uh, all I will mention um, on that front, though, for the Super 6, is that I had a really good week this week. Uh, extremely impressed. I got Every game, I got points. So, we'll talk about that on Friday. Right, um, anything else before we kind of wrap this up? Not really. I'm just hoping that uh, Alex Neal's Oh, here Let we go. I'll tell you about the referee. I've been oh, there. Oh, sorry. Yes, he's referee. <laughs> sorry, Daniel. Come on. Come on. So, Mr. David Webb is the referee. Does it ring any bells? Yes. He rang a bell with me as well, yeah. As soon as I heard his name, I was like, we've done this one recently. Mm. Sheffield United last year, which I think was when we started doing these referee like <laughs> updates and whatever. Um, so this season he's ref five games, 11 yellows, no reds, no penalties. In his career, 151 championship games, he's given 36 penalties, 430 yellows, and 14 reds, which is just under three yellows a match and about a red card every 10 games, which is nothing massive there. No. Okay. Um, he's refereed 12 Swansea games. 
And in quite um, worryingly, he the lowest fouls against him in all the teams he's refed in his career. 8.6 fouls per game he gives like against Swansea. Right. Maybe that's because they keep the ball so much. And obviously, if you've got the ball, the ref can't give a free kick against you, maybe. Could be something to do with that, couldn't it? Um, but yeah, he's given one penalty against them, 14 yards, zero reds. And he's given them two penalties and booked 40 to their players, zero reds. Uh, he gives 11.5 fouls per game to the op- uh, against the opposition. So he gives Swansea on average three free kicks more per game. Uh, he's refereed so six times, 12.17 fouls per game. And he only gives us nine. So he doesn't like Stoke and he does like Swansea. <laughs> um, in his six Stoke games, he hasn't yet, he's yet to give us a penalty, but he's booked four of our players, no reds. Um, oh no, sorry, he's booked four of the opposition players, no reds. Um, and he's given two penalties against us and booked five Stoke players with no reds. His last Stoke game was a 1-0 home win over Sheffield United when he got KO'd by the ball in the first half. Do you remember that? I remember it now. It rings a bell now. That was the guy. He got knocked out by the ball. Mm. (laughs) And he had to go off with concussion. Um, Look at this. Dan's off with his stats again, Andy. He's going to overstate me here, isn't he? Uh, but yeah, these 12 Swansea games he has reft. Four wins, five draws, three defeats for Swansea. In his six Stoke games, we have three wins, two draws and one defeat. So he's actually been quite a lucky omen, all things considered. So although he doesn't seem to like us, as in keeps giving free kicks against us, we do seem to manage to win games. <laughs> That'll do for me, mate. That's the, the aim of the game, isn't it? Um... All right, lovely. Well, Daniel, thank you for that. Um, okay, so we'll kind of wrap this one up now. So just want to say to everyone, look, you know, just get down to the stadium on Wednesday, fill the bloody ground as much as you can, you know, give the team, give the manager a bloody good cheer, you know, just just really get behind them 100%. We've had enough negativity around this this stadium, this team, this club for long enough now. Forget whether you like the Neil appointment or not, I don't really care less. Just get behind them. Let's keep the winning run going and let's start marching up this league because we've shown before when everyone is kind of together, everyone's united, we, we you know, we, we're successful. We do really well. So enough of this split fan base now. Just for once, let's just get behind them. So um, that's the final thing I've got to say. So boys, thanks for joining me. Uh, and we're back on Friday. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. <laughs> 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.